Deion Sanders has officially left Jackson State and is the new head coach of the University of Colorado. Why did he leave? Why are people upset? And then what's next for the SWAC, the Sanders family, and Jackson State? Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one. Daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast. Network your team every day. And now, of course, I'm Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. Day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And a little bit of a PSA before we hop into this show fully. I ain't going nowhere. I know what the news of Deion Sanders leaving. I hear the little, what about the new HBCU outlets? What about the national media coverage? What about those guys who just started podcasts? Yes, I know I've been here for a little bit over a year and Deion Sanders has been here since I've been here, but trust me, I ain't going nowhere. So let's just get that out of the way. And let's talk about the man that has departed, and that's primetime Deion Sanders. Now, I want you to listen to this show from start to finish because I believe every single second is important. And this topic has so many different branches. I'm going to try to climb on a couple of them, and I'm going to try to just talk about a few of these as much, as much as I can. Right? So to me, you need to talk about why he left, why people are upset, and what's next? Those are three important factors to talk about when having a base level conversation on Deion Sanders leaving. And we're going to talk about why he left first. You can ask him directly. He has said it. He is leaving because he wants to improve the representation of minority coaching, specifically black coaches, on the FBS subdivision. And I think that is a great cause. I think that there is more to the conversation other than that, but I don't want to act like that's not real. Okay. I do believe that whether that's the majority of his reasoning or the minority of his reasoning, I do believe it. it is a factor in it. And I think it's a great cause. So I do want to talk about that. But if you ask me, because now I'm just speculating, that's what he actually said. But now I'm just speculating. I believe that just like Jackson State, when he was hired, Colorado now provides him with what he needs. And, and listen, a lot of people talk about that selfish. That, let's just be real about it. Let's just be real about it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to elevate through the coaching ranks. There is nothing wrong with that. It's a lot of other things that happened that we had an issue with. And that's what we're going to talk about in the second segment. But the idea that he wants to elevate through the coaching ranks is something that I believe was always in his aspirations. I think it was always in his plans. I don't know if two and a half, I really hate that COVID year. So I'm just going to call it two. I don't know if in two years he expected to be able to do this. Jackson State gave him the opportunity to be a coach, show he can coach on the college level. That's what they gave him. He took it, and now Colorado gives him the opportunity to win championships. Now, some might say, well, Colorado is terrible, and yes, I hear you, but technically speaking, Jackson State could never win a national championship. It just wasn't going to happen. So they do not have that opportunity. Colorado does. Whether you think they are going to do it or not is another story, but they do have the ability to do it. 
especially with the college football playoffs expanding, you just have to be one of the better teams in the Pac-12. You know, and I think that matters to him. I think national acclaim matters to him. I think perception matters to him. And I think that he could have built up a legacy at Jackson State as one of the greatest HBCU coaches and one of the most successful HBCU coaches if he just stayed there and one of the more beloved HBCU coaches. But he left. And I don't think that's what he wanted his legacy to be. I'm not sure if he was aware his legacy could have been that. But I don't know if that's even what he wanted it to be. I think he wants to win national championships. Colorado, you can do that. You know, that's that's what I see. That's what I think it's about for him. It's about climbing up the coaching ranks. And you know what? If that's what you want to do, I'm not going to fault you. I'm not going to fault you. Go out, try to win the Pac-12, try to knock off US, uh, USC. Well, I guess USC and UCLA are going to leave pretty soon. But try to knock off Oregon. I get all of that. I get all of that. I do have a couple of issues. I do have a couple of issues. I hated what he said in his video to his team that coaches either get elevated or terminated. I hated that. I hated it because you didn't really need to worry about that. You just won the swag. <laughs> you had the first 11-0 coaching season in Jackson State history. You ain't have to worry about If you want to tell me that no coach has real job security, okay. Because I'm not really buying the whole you to get elevated or terminated. You can really stay at one school for a long time. I hated how he acted like you could not do that. That's a load of crap to me. But if you want to tell me that there's no real job security in the business, okay, you have more security at Jackson State than you do at Colorado right now. That's just true. Folks treat him like a superhero when he was at Jackson State. He was the man. You got to go out and prove yourself again. I really think it just has to do with him wanting to climb up the coaching ranks, and I think he wants that national acclaim. He wants that ability to say I am a national champion as a coach. That's what I think it is. And you know what? If that's what it is, that's what it is. Jackson State may have been a stepping stone. I think that it was, and I think that Colorado has the chance to be that too. He might be trying to work up to a, a mid-level SEC school or a mid-level Big Ten school. Or maybe he just wants to go back to the FSU. Maybe if he proves he can win, you know, I, I think uh, I think it was Mel Tucker. I was, I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about how Mel Tucker went 5-7 and seven at Colorado and parlayed that into a Michigan State job. Basically, Colorado is so used to being that bad that a, a season that's barely under 500 was enough for him to get a better coaching job. He goes in there and he proves that he can coach with Jackson, or excuse me, with Colorado. Who knows, man? Who knows what he can be? Who knows where he can be? But I think that's what it is. Now I want to tell you why I believe people are upset, because that's important. I understand going into business for the betterment of his career in the path that he wanted to take it. I get why he went to Colorado. Now, I believe that's fair enough. Can we please talk about why I am a little bit irritated? Why I believe some people are irritated? That's another part of this conversation. And I want you to stay tuned so we can talk about it. And then we can look forward to what are our next steps? What's next for all of the groups that I named in our cold open? Before I get into that, however, today's episode is brought to you by... Omaha Steaks and they have a graphic too like I don't know I don't know for y'all but when I get these graphics I get a little giddy it's like oh like this, this is a graphic you know what I mean you see the promo code you even if you hear me wrong you can read it even if you hear me wrong you see how much you get off on omahasteaks.com and to me there are certain things that just make me feel like I'm living life I don't know what it is you know like a cigar is one of those things if I'm if I'm chilling with one of my homies and I just get to a smoke a cigar I'm like man I was on the, on the roof in New York smoking a cigar. I feel like I'm living life. 
Certain views make me feel like I'm living life. Certain food make me feel like I'm living life. And steaks are one of those things. And Omaha steaks are delicious. I told you guys all the story last year about how I told my cousins, you don't need to get me anything else because I have Omaha steaks. These are, per these are perfect for late nights. These are perfect for special occasions. Go to Omaha steaks and see everything that they have and use the promo code locked on and you can get $30 off on your first purchase, of course, you have to pay more than $30. We ain't giving it to you for free, but you can get $30 off and minimum purchase is required on omahasteaks.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Stay on this app and check out Locked on Sports Today with Peter Bukowski, breaking down all of the national stories with the local experts. I don't know if I'll go back on there to talk about something that is now official, but we'll see. Hmm. Last time I said this, I got on there the next day. Fingers crossed and we'll see what it's going to be. But today's word of the day is, let me get it pulled up real quick, celerity. It means swiftness of motion or action. And it's funny that this is the word because I believe the celerity of this is why a lot of people are upset. Two years? Three if you want to count that COVID year? Really two and a half? Eh, I don't know, man. Felt very quick. I won't speak on everybody's feelings right now. I will start off with myself. And this is what I wrote originally until I heard some of his introductory press conference. And this is word for word what is in my notes. As a whole, I'm not overly bothered, but there are some things that do irk me about this. Now I would say I'm bothered. Not overly bothered, but I am bothered. Because he had a quote in his, in his introductory press conference that I just, I feel like you're trying to trick me. I feel like you're playing with me. I'm not calling Deion Sanders a sellout. I know some people have. I'm not calling him that. But he said that his, his, it was never about the location. It was about the destination. That's not true. That's not true. The truth of the matter is, you sat here and you told me you wanted to elevate HBCUs. That's about a location. Are you still going to be promoting Jackson State? Are you still going to be doing these things? I hope so. And if so, we, I'll change my tune. If you're still going to support just from somewhere else, I'll change my tune. But if not, no, location does matter. And trying to tell me that it doesn't matter, trying to now say I'm uplifting black people, well, it was black colleges. I feel like you're trying to pull a wool over my eyes. I feel like you're trying to trick me. I feel like you're trying to change narratives and expecting me not to remember what you were saying not that long ago. That bothers me. You didn't have to come out there and say that. Just don't say nothing. Sometimes I prefer people to just not speak on it. Just don't talk about the people from Jackson State who are saying anything about you. Just leave it. Say you enjoyed your time. That's it. Some things don't need to be said, similar to his comment about Shiloh. Some things don't need to be said. And I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to get all on it. But a couple of things that, before I heard that, that I want to speak on that really did irk me was his departure makes some of his words just ring very hollow. 
His who is swack if I ain't swack chant. Not the moment. At the press conference, you just flowing. Boy, he's a, he's a great salesman. You know what I mean? He can promote the heck out of stuff. But continuing it and leading the chant in that, that clip that Colorado people, you ain't getting the who is swack. Who is pack if I ain't pack. That don't even, it don't even go right. And it rhymes, it don't even go right. It don't have the flavor. But that chant, that video that he was leading with the crowd, and then you leave a couple of weeks later, it just don't sit right. Let's talk about Isaiah Land. This is the one that really gets me. Deion Sanders leaving for Colorado made me think back to his comments about Isaiah Land when he thought about, or not even thought about, but he entered the transfer portal and thought about leaving FAMU. He chastised that man. He spoke out of turn. You talked on a player that has nothing to do with you, but you did it in the idea of you can make it at an HBCU. You don't need to go to these Power 5 schools. I felt as if he chastised that man. Well, guess what Isaiah Land would see if he just looked over the fence to see what was on the other side, which is all he really did. But if he did that today, you know what he would see on the other side? Deion Sanders. That comes off extremely hypocritical to me. And this isn't about feeling a certain kind of way about him leaving. This is about objectively calling out some of the things that he did that I just feel like don't line up with this here. And I'm about to drop some right now. Um, there's an idea. And I think it was his his words that he wanted to elevate HBCUs. And a lot of people will tell me that he did. I don't know if I completely agree. He elevated Jackson State and maybe even some schools in the swipe. Maybe. But he elevated Jackson State. And it's not that they were just not like they were Rudy Poos before, but they did jump a certain kind of level in national attention and things of that nature. What did he do for a school like Texas Southern, who had one of their better years in recent memory? I still don't hear a lot of talk about that. What did he do for a school like Delaware State? Not that they were not that they had a great season or anything, but what did he do for them? Nothing. What did he do for North Carolina A&T? And they don't even need it. But what did he do? Because if he did add more attention, then everybody should have got it, even the ones who don't even need it. What did he do for them? North Carolina A&T, in my opinion, was criminally underdiscussed. And if he really shined a light on everybody, that wouldn't be the case because they had a phenomenal season. It didn't end up in the playoffs, but they rattled right off what? Seven games in a row, eight games in a row, something like that. But Sean Tootin had nine 100-yard games in a row. That should have been discussed way more, way more. But you didn't get it. I still feel like local coverage is poor. Nationally, you have a certain, you know, they talk about things. The NCAA.com, Stan Beckton, he does a great job. I hear these stories, and I know that they exist, and it's better. It's better. But local isn't great. I think the Tallahassee Democrat has it on lock. They're phenomenal. But this isn't a promo tour or anything of that. I just don't feel as if that impact is at the level that people have stated. And not only that, he did great while he was here. I would never take that away. I'm not one of the people who's just going to switch up. He did great while he was here. But at the same time, the change that I feel like he was trying to evoke, it needed more than two years. I didn't expect anything. I didn't expect anything. However, he had a couple of narratives I want to change how HBCUs are looked at. You can make it at an HBCU. Not a single player that he recruited out of high school has made it to the pros. Not because they don't have talent, because he didn't stay, he didn't stay at Jackson State long enough for that to actually happen. So why would you tell me that you can make it at HBCUs? You're not even here for my full ride. Even if I left as a junior, you wasn't making it. You know, that's my problem. If you recruited the people from fall 21, 
they're going into their junior season next year. So when Deion Sanders tells me you can make it at, a, at an HBCU, and I believe him, and then he leaves before I can even try to make it from an HBCU, how am I supposed to feel? That kind of makes those worries ring hollow. And I think that's what a lot of people are upset about. The words he said, they, they just don't hit the same. When you leave as quickly as you did. I had a question or somebody asked a question. How long was long enough? How about long enough to have a recruiting class be overseen? How about that? That's it. That's all I'm asking. You can do it at an HBCU. I don't know if you really believed it. I don't feel like you stayed long enough to really show that to be the case. I believe that he uplifted Jackson State and the idea that you want to change the narrative around HBCUs. I don't think you could do that in two years. You need to be here four, five, six years to be able to really rise everything. How many HBCUs are getting these big time recruits? People say this as if it's a lot of people who are doing it, and that's not the case. I believe with a couple of more years, it could have been. But at the moment that he left, it was just Deion Sanders and Jackson State. And then I think Grambling did it too. But they have Hugh Jackson. I don't think that we're at a point where an Alabama State, fingers crossed, that those two five-star defensive linemen come to Alabama State. But I don't know if we're really at a point where HBCUs are getting a bunch of high-profile recruits coming out of high school the way people would try to make it seem. I feel like everything about Deion Sanders' departure screams unfinished business. You did a great thing, and I feel like we were off to a great start, and I feel like we were on the precipice of just having something major. But then you leave, and it's kind of a, if it's not a stop sign, it's a yield. Because everything that he said, the propaganda that he spewed, the fact that people feel like you just didn't need to say those things. People understand that it's business. People get that, all right? So don't tell me it's business, guys. We know that. People just feel like that propaganda, that propaganda is kind of hollow now because you left before any of it can be proven true. And um, Shador is a great quarterback. You know, he got a lot of love. Shador could have been drafting. You could have you could have had an HBCU quarterback. We don't get those things. I'm sorry. But when you tell me that people can make it from an HBCU and then you leave in two years, I have to question if you were really devoted or really meant any of that that you said. That's my question. Now, going forward, I want to talk about what's next, all right? What is next for the SWAC as a conference? What is next for Jackson State as a school? And what's next for the Sanders family as players and coaches? All of those things need to be answered and touched on. And I will after I talk to you about Simply Safe because today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. And they are the number one home security system. And they've been that way for the last couple of years, been voted number one year after year after year. There's only so many times that you can be voted that before. I mean, are we really debating it at this point? Simply Safe is a different kind of safe. You know, you can get 24-7 monitoring. And even if you're not able to answer your phone and something's wrong, they're going to be able to call the authorities and make sure that they have a complete report of what's going on so that you can have your property be safe, even if you're not present. So that's what I love. I can view things from my phone because I'm forgetful. I might be able to, I might be man, I was in a rush. I, I don't know if I really set my alarm. Let me check. I did or I didn't. And if I didn't, I can fix it. If I need to call somebody, I need to look at my cameras. I can do all of those things. There is no safe like Simply Safe. 50% off. 5-0. 50% off on any of your system right now. All you have to do is go to simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Go to simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply.
That's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. We're going to talk about what's next, and I hope that you guys are still here. I appreciate those who are because these are important conversations to have, and I'm open to ideas that are not my own. I was on the phone with a friend of mine talking about this situation before I even recorded. I'm open to ideas that are not mine. I'm not closed-minded. If you feel like I'm missing something, please tell me, and I'll tell you my side, and we can hash it out. And please interact with other people. I want everybody to be talking in here, right? But what's next for the SWAC? The SWAC East is so open now. It felt like this was Jackson State's division to lose. Jackson State was going to be running it for a while. Shadur was probably going to be the first team all-swag quarterback player of the year for years to come. Travis Hunter was going to be so dynamic on the, the offensive and defensive side of the ball. High-profile recruits were coming. There were so many things that were great for Jackson State that were going. And this is not a moment to pile on. It's just of what we thought was going to be the future. That's not the case anymore. Shadur is gone. Travis Hunter is, the, from the tweet that he sent out, I think that he's gone too. You know, so for me, it's not a foregone conclusion. I don't know what what uh, continuity is going to be like. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be. I wrote off Prairie View. And look at me. At the end of the year, talking about whether or not Prairie View is going to make it. And I didn't think they were going to do anything after Dooley left. So I don't know what it's going to be like. But FAMU with Willie Simmons, I believe he can run it back. I believe that Willie Simmons, I don't know. If Jeremy Musa has another year, because he was a grad transfer, some grad transfers have two years. And I want to say he does have two years. But even if he doesn't, he's shown the ability to restock at the quarterback position. He's going to need to restock defensively. It's no, it's no guarantee that they're going to pick up where Jackson State left off and finally get to a SWAC championship game and maybe even a celebration bowl. I don't know. Alabama State still got D. Davis coming up strong. Bethune Cookman just fired their coach. Who knows what that's going to be, you know? Oh, and Avante Maddox at, at Alabama State. There's so many things that could transpire with the SWAC East now. I feel like it's so much more open and maybe even more fun. No more just feeling like, yeah, it's Jackson State. If you're fam, you, you can suffer a loss week one probably. Because it was at a point where if you lost to Jackson State at the beginning of the season, we wrapping it up. That was the SWAC championship game already. And when we finally do talk about the 2022 SWAC championship game, which will probably be either Wednesday. It, it'll probably be Wednesday, to be honest. You know, I know that's late for a game recap, but certain things call for difference, right? So we're going to probably talk about that either Wednesday or Thursday, but probably Wednesday. One thing we're going to talk about there is the fact that I, it might be time to change up how the SWAC operates and how they get to the conference championship game. So there's so many things that could be different within the SWAC East. But now what's different for Jackson State? What's next? Clearly, you have to get a new head coach. That's number one. But you also need to evaluate how many people are going to leave in the transfer portal. We talk about continuity. Coach already said, I want to keep it in-house. That doesn't always work. Sometimes you have the Prairie View team who they nearly get back to the conference championship. And sometimes you have the Saints where that guy who provided the fire was a catalyst for a lot of the things that happened in the room. Other guys were a part of the culture, but being a part of the culture doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have everything operate the same. So it's, it's different things. So you need to, A, know who your coach is going to be. B, look at who's going to go in the transfer portal. We know Shadour is gone. He's already been announced. I don't know if Shiloh's going anywhere. I don't. We'll talk about it in a second. Travis Hunter is likely going to be gone. I wonder if Sevion Wilkerson is going to be gone because he did get a lot of praise from Coach Sanders. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of things that have to be decided. And it's, that's the thing. You have to get everything in order. So for the SWAC, Everything is open in that side of the division. For Jackson State, 
it's kind of like you got to get everything in order. You got to see where you stand. That's what's next. You have to do a reevaluation of where you're going to be, where you're going to be going into spring ball. That's what you need to do. And then for the Sanders family, this, this provides a unique opportunity for everybody. First off, I'll start off with Shiloh. I don't feel like Shiloh deserved to be dogged in that press conference. But I do know there's tension. He just confirmed everything that Jeff Lightsey said about Shador and some of the tension and the budding heads of him and his father about this decision to go to Colorado. He said, should I stay at Jackson State, y'all? He posted that on his Instagram. Deion Sanders says, oh, we're budding heads. He's in a doghouse, so I didn't bring him. I don't know if he's going to come at all. So Shiloh, it's decision time. Do you go with your dad or do you stay at Jackson State? And I don't think it's going to be an easy decision for him. Then you look at Shador. Let's just go ahead and stick with the kids. You look at Shador, it's time to amplify your draft stock. FCS, FCS uh, quarterbacks have done it. They have left the FCS level to go to the FBS level in hopes that their draft stock would improve. I, I think I might even do a comparison video of him and I think it's the Ward. I think it's Cameron Ward who left Incarnate Word and went to Washington State. That's what this is good for for him. You know, you always gonna get those FCS knocks, period. But now at the FBS level, if you play the same way, now it's a different type of conversation. And then for Dion, I think this is an opportunity for him to prove that he can coach. And, and some people are gonna doubt that. Some people doubt that even after what's happened at Jackson State. They'll just say he had the best recruits. It's going to be a long time before he just out-recruits USC, UCLA, Oregon. It's going to be a long time before he does that. And he might never just overwhelmingly have the best athletes on the, on the field. So if he achieves success, it's because he was a good coach. And I think that's something else that he can prove. I talk about national acclaim and national championships. He might just want to shut people up. You know, I don't know if that played into his decision, but now that he has made that choice, that's something that he has on his table. He can now just shut up those who still question if he can coach or not. So for the conference, we know what it is. For this, for the family, we just laid that out. And if a Jackson State, we know what it is, but it's about them finding out what it is, right? So those are the things that are next. I don't know how we're gonna do this, man. I don't know how we're gonna do this. We're probably gonna re, we're gonna run it back with this story tomorrow, and we might mix in some of the SEAC changing up how they how they operate with their divisions i'm not sure all of these things are going in but we are going to continue covering this story because it's ongoing it's something that i feel like we need to discuss and there's so much on the table that i don't want to lie to you and tell you we're talking about something tomorrow and i switch up so just stay tuned check it out and i promise you it will be entertaining so i appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day and be back tomorrow please for your second listen of the day check out locked on sports today with peter bukowski breaking down all of the national stories on wherever you get your podcast with the local host in the meantime in between time if you're looking for me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace